0: This is unfiltered, episode 186 for May 4th, 2016.
1: The man cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist. A narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen. Donald Trump is a serial philanderer, and he boasts about it. This is not a secret. He's proud of being a serial philanderer. I want everyone to think about your teenage kids. The President of the United States talks about how great it is to commit adultery, how proud he is. Describes his battles with venereal disease as his own personal Vietnam.
2: So that happened.
3: A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were three candidates vying for the Republican nomination for president of the year 2016. Unfortunately, on this day in history, two of them dropped out. Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's <laughs> weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chase over there on the board, and editor extraordinaire. Mr. Chris Fisher
0: right. you really gotta give I only I only get credit for the intro edits you gotta uh, get oh, all the you rest have of people yeah the rest of the, the editing people do everything the else. beard manages the rest of the editing like like a master hey like hey, a master. Hey, hey Chris do you feel I, I know. You a seem, little breeze in here? You, you feel yeah. a little breeze? <laughs> yeah. Those of you who haven't watched the Linux Action Show, go check the last 10 minutes of last week's that was Linux nice. Action Show. The the the, the acoustics on, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> on the cutting. Of, you can I actually know. hear the I know. individual <laughs> hairs. <laughs> I know. It's because it was a thick stash I had to cut through. Yeah, fair enough. So we have uh, what you might call yourselves... Nothing to talk about. Just nothing, Chase. There's just it been... Is, it is empty. <laughs> there's nothing on the cyber front. There's nothing Woo! on the terrorism front. Nothing going on in the elections at all. No, no. I, I mean, this is going to be one of those
3: shows where if you don't want to hear us talking mm-hmm. about the elections... <clears throat> go to episode 187. Yeah,
0: and here's a Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just go. Although we do have some good stuff like know, uh, yeah. like some serious yeah, leaks from the uh, TPP are out. Uh, yeah. Satoshi Nakamoto suppo- supposedly has been unmasked. Oh, we'll talk about that a right. little bit. Uh, okay. But you know what we got to do Chase. Is we got to start with the cyber. Well, I always and, like s- start cyber. And you know, I have distinctly noticed that there's been sort of a reduction in uh cyber propaganda uh for oh. the last few weeks. And so, uh I I went back through the bin. And I was like, "What's what's going on? Why why have what's been what's been happening here?" And I realized that we missed a clip almost twenty nine days ago, and it's so it's so juicy, it's so thick and wonderful, Chase, that yeah. I had to go back and bring it back from the unfiltered collection archive and play it for you today. Oh, it's, thanks, oh, man! It, it's a goodie. So we we are joined by Brett Bear, your buddy, my good friend, and uh, we're talking about cyber. What else?
4: Now, some of the greatest threats to this country, to you and your family, actually may come from cyberspace. That's where a huge battle is being fought, and it could decide your future, according to the country's top intelligence officials. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Harridge has the story of the frightening scenario lawmakers heard today.
0: Oh, OK. Here we go. Like
2: oh. The NSA director testified to the... Senate. 70- so
0: remember we, have a, remember, we have a new NSA director. We haven't talked about him a lot. But Mr. Rogers uh, here is uh, giving testimony. Senate
2: ...Armed Services Committee that the potential for crippling cyber attacks on the power grid and other infrastructure, as well as the destruction and manipulation of data in government computer networks, keep him up at night.
5: Think about it. <laughs>
3: Okay, he's he's awake at night in cold sweats.
0: This is thinking about. I don't cyber. I don't understand what it is about the meme keeping him up at night. It's a good. It's a good meme. But the, everybody uses it in government as a way to imply that the burden of their job is so great they can't get sleep. That they're so worried about keeping America safe. Yeah. And you know, Chase, not to steal your thing. You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. What grinds is, your gears, Chris? It's, it's fundamentally worshipping this horrible part of American culture where we take pride in working so hard that we haven't slept. We take pride in degrading our bodies and pushing ourselves further than we should. And we take pride that we are so concerned in our job that it keeps us up at night. So it's a way of saying, this isn't a real threat, but because I'm such an expert on the topic, I know enough to not even get any sleep over it. That's how bad it is. It's a way of saying, I'm an expert and I'm really worried about this thing without having to say, this is an actual problem. And for some reason, Chase, the media just copies it, and prints it. Whenever somebody in the government says, this keeps me up at night, they just really lead with it. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. Tom? But,
3: Chris, really, it shows how much they are truly dedicated to serving the American people right, and,
0: you know what? and keeping if, us safe. If you didn't hear it every other day, if you didn't hear it from every single government official, especially those in the security apparatus, it wouldn't feel so tone I mean, deaf. Chris, it wouldn't feel so empty.
3: You know what really keeps me up at night is trying to figure out what I'm going to say at the top of every episode of Unfiltered. <laughs> That's what keeps you up at night. That keeps me up government at night. Government computer
2: networks keep him up at night. <laughs>
5: Think about the implications of that if you couldn't trust... The, the military picture that you were looking at, you're using to base decisions on, and let alone the broader economic impacts for us as a nation.
0: Imagine if you were browsing the web, and then just all of a sudden these porn pop-ups just started coming up. I don't know what I'd do.
5: And to the third point you just made about non-state actors using cyber as a weapons
0: system. Non-state actors using cyber as a weapons system. So that's a whole lot of jargon for saying uh, like oh, kiddos heckers. doing a DDoS. Against uh, somebody's server, is that a non-state actor using cyber as a weapon? actors
5: using cyber as a Swatting weapon? Swatting is another one.:
0: yeah, 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 so these are so cyber being used as a weapon system, and it's not just the Irans we need to be worried about.
5: using cyber as a weapon system. Um, How grave a threat is that to us currently? Oh, it's It doesn't take billions of dollars of investment. It doesn't take decades of time. Cyber is the great equalizer in some ways.
0: Cyber is the great equalizer. So because you could go get yourself a Raspberry Pi, download Ubuntu Mate, and then attack the White House, cyber is the great equalizer. You can hide that thing anywhere. Do you think that's true to some degree? Yeah.
3: I mean, sure, if you want to stretch that, sure. But... But most people
0: aren't doing that. They're they're not they're not attacking in that way. I don't know if I agree it is the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. I think the US government and departments like the NSA are so much better positioned to take advantage of technology and the internet. Like look at the way they have blanket captured the internet all around the world. I, as a regular non state actor, I couldn't do that. I can't I don't have access to what they have access to
5: it doesn't take billions of dollars of investment
0: but for what for but at the same time if you have billions of dollars to invest like the
3: united states military industrial complex you could
0: create quantum computers that could crack encryption you could have thousands of servers that could DDoS somebody you could take over the dns of a pirated website at capture all of the traffic that comes to that DNS, you can overrun a control server for a bot network because you have federal authority and billions of dollars to invest, I would argue that it actually makes a huge difference. It doesn't take decades of time.
5: Cyber is the great equalizer in some ways.
2: And with growing evidence that Russia was behind a crippling cyber attack on the Ukraine's power grid last year, lawmakers were told the use of cyber weapons is not a hypothetical. Does
6: Russia have the capability to inflict serious harm to our critical infrastructure? Yes. Does China have the same capability? Some measure of the same capability, yes.
2: Despite an agreement between Mr. Obama and China's president last fall, Rogers testified that Beijing's attacks on American industry are not letting up.
5: We continue to see them um, engage in activity directed against U.S. companies.
2: The admiral who leads the U.S. Cyber Command said the Chinese appear to be stealing American secrets to give their businesses an edge.
5: Using that then to generate economic advantage is not something that's acceptable to the U.S.
2: With the recent hack of the MedStar hospital. You know,
0: he's not really saying they're doing it. He's saying that they have the capability of doing it, and if they did it, it would not be acceptable. Right.
2: Network, Rogers said the healthcare sector is increasingly a cyber target because it holds so much personal information that can be used for identity fraud. Brett?
0: Catherine, thank you. Thanks, Catherine. She didn't have any props this week, though. Sorry, no Chase. Props. I know. I always like the props. So I, I love when she's ready for. It. You know, one of the things that when we covered the Snowden leaks uh, a while back, now um, in fact, nearly three we years. We begin this
7: hour with new numbers illustrating the vastness of the surveillance state. We're now learning that out of the more than one thousand four hundred surveillance requests made by the National Security Agency,
0: how many, Chase? Do you think were approved by the FISA court? So how many was it? Twelve right. hundred? Uh, yeah, it was over here. I'll play back. It was about twelve hundred. One
7: thousand four hundred surveillance. Oh, 1, okay. 1,
0: fourteen hundred. Okay. Fourteen hundred. Fourteen, Chase. What do you? What do you think? I think thirteen hundred and eighty six <laughs> were approved.
7: All right, let's find out. Plus, made by the National Security Agency and the FBI, filed in twenty fifteen, the United States Foreign Intelligence Surveillance or FISA court. Did not turn down a single one. This, according to a Justice Department
3: memo,
0: not a single one was denied, and I, and I was going low too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that? None of them. We rubber stamped but, but every wait a single minute, one. But Chris. Of them. I thought that that
3: court was there as a kind of a yeah, firewall, right. if you with will, with an advocate, with an advocate, advocate now. for
0: us. Yeah. Maybe the FBI and the NSA are just so so good with all fourteen hundred requests. There was never anything to be concerned about. That, all you along. know what? They had the proof and the evidence, all they needed. You know, you noticed how the CIA has become weaponized, right? They're militarized with the drone program and all of the things that they're carrying out in wherever we're operating. You also notice, for example, how the FBI now also operates worldwide in the wake of the Paris attacks. FBI agents were all over Paris, right? They are now a worldwide police force. So it only makes sense that with the CIA going more militarized and the FBI going worldwide, that the FBI would also want to take on you know more of an intelligence role because we need more agencies spying on us The threat of terror is widening both at home and
8: abroad and now the fbi is reacting and training the next generation of agents with a new focus on intelligence as well as analysis okay okay here we go chief intelligence correspondent catherine harridge joins us with exclusive access into this training looks interesting catherine
2: well, thank you, John. Fox News went inside the FBI Academy, where we experienced the new training firsthand, including the takedown of a terrorist suspect who was armed and dangerous and who resisted arrest. It's all made to look as real as possible, though we fired blanks in this situation.
3: We, oui. we oui. FBI. Wait,
5: is it's, that
0: her? Whoa! 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 whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I got to admit, I only listened to this clip before. I had no idea it was wait, her. Wait! Wait! wait, wait. And look at the boots she's wearing. I know. She is. Like, <laughs> Just, this, this seems like, you know you know what this is? This is how you impress the media. This Wait.
3: Is, by the way, she must be so embedded with the FBI. They, this is probably how the, the conversation went down right. Hey, Catherine, uh, we're doing the simulation thing, and uh, we know you're out here, but how would you like to be a, a part of it? Hey, how would you like to hold the
0: gun? How would you like to do that? Yeah, it's like, we'll give you the experience that you need. Wow.
2: FBI? Stand away from the car. Put your hands up. Put your other hand up.
0: So she's pretending to be a cop, with a big take a bite out of crime poster in the background. Look at her. She's got her thumb on the hammer. She's ready to go. She's got a leather jacket. She the woman looks like she's held a gun before. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. Doesn't she? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh, oh, she snap. just pulled the trigger on that. She, gal. she just dropped her. Oh wow! And they she said they're blanks, but man, I, this fox the Fox News rolled hard, bro. Put
2: your other hand up. The suspect, played by an actor, is down, but the vehicle may be rigged to blow.
0: Journalism right here, dude. Look at this. And look at that grin on her face. Look at that grin <laughs> on her face. She's happy. You see how she holds her hand uh, not, where her finger's not on it. She knows what she's we doing. We have the students come up. They clear the car.
9: Car's clear.
2: Nearly 1,000 wow. agents and intelligence analysts will graduate this year. But for the first time since 1908 the training is fundamentally different.
4: It is a biblical shift.
2: Assistant director for training Mark Morgan says the old program had agents who run field investigations in one classroom and intelligence analysts in the other.
5: When they would get done with their training separately here, then the expectation was they would go to the field and we wanted them to be integrated. Um, It just didn't make sense.
2: While we can't show faces for security reasons, this exclusive video takes you inside the FBI Academy, where for the first time, agents and analysts now learn side by side.
0: You know what I see? I see uh, them walking down a hallway, Blurred out, and almost every seat has monitors that they're not using, which looks like a huge waste of money. Well, no, no, no. At the, to- yeah, yeah, at the time, time, sure, sure. This yeah.
2: exclusive video takes you inside the FBI Academy. For the video. first time, agents and analysts now learn side by side.
5: They have a better appreciation of each other's duties, roles, and responsibilities.
2: And after this hostage situation at a Pierce concert hall last fall, where several ISIS gunmen killed 90 and injured more than 200... This training exercise takes on new meaning. It uses a 25 pound battering ram to shatter the lock. This is like the Achilles heel for the door. Basically. Yes, exactly. Right. And
10: sometimes they go in on one strike, most wow, times they that's don't. That's her
2: doing it. There you go. Good job. Good wow. job. Took a little practice, but I got it. <laughs> this is unbelievable. The bottom line is that the speed at which Americans are now being radicalized by traveling overseas. Or on the web really demands close coordination Demands a chase And by bringing the Of course
0: no proof uh, This is the news This is the national news And there's no proof yeah, the field no agents either.
2: and the analysts together The FBI is trying to close this gap Between the operations and the intelligence Of course, yeah
11: power. And, and yeah. unfortunately they are going to have to put Some of that training to use That's right and, and if you are in field, interested in well, joining
3: the FBI right. Go to FBI.gov I, I
0: don't think it's so much I don't think that was so much recruiting propaganda It felt like it, a it, it did feel a little bit like a hoorah Look at the FBI Look it, what we're doing To me it also felt a little bit like uh, we're going to see some stuff in the budget about the FBI increasing its intelligence capacity or something like that. This is, to me, this felt like something the uh, something Fox will do a lot is they start they start pre-covering a topic so that way by the time it comes up, the question comes up, the answer is obvious. Well, we've been talking about this for a while. This is something the FBI has been working on, and then it's it's like it's cited as evidence. That's my suspicion. All right. I don't even think that's bacon. You could even call that a mini red book prediction, but it's not quite a red book prediction. Speaking of Red Book predictions, did we get around to make one last week about this 28 pages in the uh, 9-11 report? About what? If it would be released?
3: If it would be released I, I, or not. I, I don't
0: know if we made a Red Book, but I know we talked about
3: the it. The discussion
4: is going back and forth. The mastermind behind the 9-11 attacks was killed by U.S. Special Operations Forces five years ago today. But Osama bin Laden's death has not put to rest questions surrounding 28 pages withheld from a report about the terror attacks. Those pages continue to be a thorn in the side of the Obama administration. But as correspondent Kevin Cork reports tonight, there are more calls for the 28 pages to remain classified.
0: Uncorroborated, unvetted, (laughs) and inaccurate. (laughs) Who's that? Why, yes, it's your friend and mine. Mr. John Brennan, the no. director of the CIA.
10: Just some of the words CIA Director John Brennan used over the weekend to describe the still top secret 28 pages from the congressional 9-11 report that some believe could shed light on possible Saudi support for some of the 9-11 hijackers.
12: These were thoroughly investigated and reviewed. It was a preliminary uh, review that uh, put information in there that was not corroborated, not that is
10: Brennan's concerns echo those of two chairs of the 9-11 Commission, former New Jersey Governor Tom Tom Kane and former Indiana Congressman Lee Hamilton who in a column in USA Today wrote Based on all the evidence available to the commission when the commission issued its final report, we found no evidence that the Saudi government as an institution or senior Saudi officials individually funded al-Qaeda. The column comes five years after Osama bin Laden was killed in a raid by U.S. Special Forces and weeks after a visit to the Saudi kingdom by President Obama. Even as the still classified remnants of the congressional 9-11 review continue to cause political disruption for the White House.
6: Hiding the information as to the relationship between Saudi Arabia and the 9-11 hijackers has been the epitome of political disruption.
0: So I want to stop here just because uh, before we go too much further into that direction, I want to circle back to uh, another direction where some of the victims are starting to see perhaps a few cracks thanks Mm -hmm. to a surprising advocate. Victims
7: of terrorism could be one step closer tonight to being able to sue foreign countries for any role they had in the attack. Chief Congressional Correspondent Mike Emanuel has details tonight from Capitol Hill. Good evening, Mike.
13: Well, Shannon, good evening. Fox News has learned Senator Lindsey Graham is expected to lift a hold in the Senate on a key piece of legislation as early as Monday. Graham met this afternoon with three widows from the 9-11 attack. The women talked about how difficult it has been getting answers over the past almost 15
0: years. Well, what is Graham doing here? Doesn't what What, is he not tuned into the program? We're not supposed to give people the information they need.
13: And made the case if they could sue Saudi Arabia, that might help them find out what led up to their husbands dying that day. Fifteen of the 19 9-11 hijackers were Saudi. Aides say Graham has wanted to assess the impact the measure could have on victims of terrorism, our own national security, and American interests abroad. After the meeting, we spoke with the women about their message to Graham.
14: If uh, Saudi Arabia
2: funded those attacks that decimated lower Manhattan and killed 3,000 people, um, it would mean justice, finally, for for our loved ones that died that
14: day. It's about making our nation safe. So we want to use the lawsuit um, as a deterrent for future funders of terrorism.
0: So why are they not releasing these papers? What is Obama's argument? Well, this kind of actually does a nice job of quickly summarizing it.
13: This was a big issue right before President Obama's visit to Saudi Arabia last week. There have also been bipartisan calls by former intelligence officials to declassify the so-called 28 pages, which still remain classified. It's believed it could reveal that the 9-11 hijackers had support from the government, wealthy people, and charities in Saudi Arabia. As for the ability to sue a foreign government, the White House has expressed concern about the impact if other countries take similar steps against the U.S.
1: The whole notion of sovereign immunity is at stake, and it is one that has more significant consequences for the United States than any other country.
13: A hold in the Senate is a privilege the power of any one
0: senator to slam the ba- slam the brakes on a particular bill. Shannon
7: Mike Emanuel, live on the Hill. Thank you, Mike.
0: Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I find the whole thing to be interesting. The 28 pages, not as much about it this week, but we're keeping our eye on it. Right. Hey, you know how we have those advisors, those boots yeah. on the ground that yeah. aren't really boots on the ground? They're yeah, just they're, there. they're forward out there. They're, they're, they're helping the other yeah, boots on the, a the ground. Training position, yeah. if you will, telling yeah. them which directions to shoot their guns. Yes. We should
7: turn now to some breaking news we have from Iraq where a U.S. service member was killed in the latest fighting with ISIS. Defense Secretary Ash Carter says the American died north of the rocky city of Mosul. Holly Williams is following this unfolding story from Istanbul, Turkey. Holly, good morning.
15: Good morning. A Defense Department official says this U.S. serviceman was a military advisor to the Peshmerga. They're the Kurdish fighters who work closely with the U.S.-led coalition in northern Iraq. ISIS has released a new video which appears to show a battle raging in the early hours of this morning. The extremists attacked a Christian town, Teleskop, which is around 12 miles north of Mosul. Mosul, of course, is Iraq's second biggest city, still held by ISIS. The U.S. serviceman was apparently at least two miles behind the front line, but ISIS managed to penetrate that front line, and he was then shot and killed. The U.S.-led coalition carried out 23 airstrikes during that battle, according to a U.S. military official, using both fighter jets and drones. We still don't know the total number of Kurdish casualties. The U.S. now has around 5,000 military personnel in Iraq, most of them serving as military advisers. But last month, it was announced that at least some of them would be moved closer to the front lines. Thank you very much, Holly Williams, reporting from Turkey.
0: So Arch uh, Linux Russian in the chat room asked which media outlet released it. Like all of the ISIS releases, Site Intelligence Group, I have source links in the show notes. However, you will have to, in order to read the source, um, sign up for a Site Intelligence Enterprise account. Oh. Yeah. And once you go to sign up for a Site Intelligence Enterprise account, you go to their sign up page, and I have that also linked in the show notes. The only way to get that is to contact them. You can't even buy it online. Oh. yeah, you have to do a good old, and then it's it, the way it's the way it's worded is it sounds like they pick and choose who they actually give give enterprise access to. Uh. So the site intelligence group, what they do is they tweet out summaries, and sometimes they'll tweet out a YouTube video that they have uploaded on behalf of ISIS okay. because they discover the video and then they publish it. Okay, and they will tweet that, and then that is where CBS and others, all the others, can then generate their stories from. I would assume in some cases they must – some of these news agencies must have this enterprise login uh, so they can log in and read it if they want. But you can't just go read the site intelligence site and see it because they'll just give you the headline and then you have to, you have to log in. You have to get the deets that yeah, way. Let's that's Rita Katz's uh, situation up there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm really uh, kind of pleased to say that it looked like things were sort of degrading, but the ceasefire between Russia and the U.S. is holding in Syria. No, wait, what? Wait. Russia and U.S., a ceasefire in... That almost sounds like those two countries are behind Another what's... I mean promise
15: of peace for Aleppo, but will it hold? The U.S. and Russia have agreed to extend the co- so-called cessation of hostilities there. Cessation of hostilities. killed in Aleppo wow. in recent days, despite the fact that, that a truce was technically in place. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry met with European Union High Representative Federica Mogherini. They spoke about Aleppo a few minutes ago.
16: This went into effect at midnight today, early today, midnight of this morning, uh, and local time uh, in Syria. And since then, we've seen an
17: overall decrease.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I've always been skeptical of this. Uh, but it is interesting, nonetheless, that uh, Russia and the U.S. do seem to be somewhat working together continuously. On this. Mr. Chase, yes, Chris. Uh, we have a lot more to get into here in the show. Some of the biggest stuff. Yeah, I just want to take a moment, real briefly, and say thank you to our patrons Patreons. 446 of you over at slash unfilter, where we are rolling out a new backend system for our patrons. Very nice. I haven't gotten anywhere really on it since last week just because I've been super, super busy. But don't worry, we haven't forgotten about you. We are still working on things. Just that post Linux Fest Northwest is. Like me trying to catch up, and I'm still not caught up on
3: it. Well, yeah, you're trying to get your feet out <laughs> and underneath you. I mean, yeah. there was still content you were putting out on yeah. the Linux Action yep. Show from yep. that, so it was yeah, crazy. and
0: and really like uh, then the, the, all that extra work on top of putting this together has just kind of caused a bit of a backlog. But we do have something super cool in the works. We've been kind of dropping hints now for a couple of weeks, few weeks, yeah. So you guys probably are starting to get an idea of what it is. But we've set up something special for our supporters. So if you just kind of get in at the basement level, something that just like as a thank you, whatever amount you can afford, we totally appreciate that. We like just seeing those numbers it on helps. the supporters go up because it just makes us feel like people actually care about the hard work. We're Putting into this and appreciate it. And maybe it lets us know you've gotten some value out of this show. When you start stepping it up, though, to like five bucks, that's when you get access to the source code of the show all of the clips, all of the goodies, the extra stuff, and almost, actually, yeah, every single category that we're going to cover from the ones we've already covered, like cyber. And all of that stuff. There's additional clips.
3: Over 130 episodes worth of content. is yeah. all available
0: there. The whole and, entire and clips back- that we just yeah. never play. Yeah. And we can, people tell us about the most interesting ways that they use those clips. And you get access at $5 or more. Then at 33 bucks. not only are you really helping financially with this show, but you also get access to swag. We got an email that came into the show from Josh. And I thought this was pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. We don't usually cover these too often. No. So I thought maybe we would. because uh, Good also idea. Super nice. Well, we also look at the Patreon messages, of course, yes. too. Yep. So, yes. Uh, he says, I just wanted to say, hey, every time I listen to Unfilter, I love the audio. All the ins, the outs, the effects, and sound clips, and jams. Everything you've done with the audio is perfect. I love the sound themes you've set up for Unfilter. Is there some reason the Unfilter sound theme is so much different, and I'm assuming he means better in quality than all the other JB shows? I mainly now listen to Last Lup Unfilter, and Tech Talk, today." Trigger. Well, it's not that the show has like some secret sauce. It's just we created this later on in our experience of how to make shows. Right.
3: Yeah. It's it, and the other shows are older.
0: This show had a lot of uh, a lot of um, thought that went into it ahead of time. You know, about a year's worth of prep and. The other thing about it too is this show has been sort of refined. Like it used to have three acts. The intro music must used to be much longer. We, I, we had uh, co-hosts on Skype. Yeah, there was a lot of so it's yeah, been it's, a lot of things that changed. It's been a refinement process. Yeah, uh, which really and this I think Chase you would totally agree with the real point that things changed and went to the next gear was when we launched the patreon oh absolutely because then we then we were able to get like a real feel for not only does it tell us that people are interested and invested in our show and appreciate it but also it it, saw, it finally drew the line for us to say, we're not going for clicks. We're not going for bait. We don't want to just get people on YouTube to share it or people on Facebook we, to rant. We're really just going to make 446 people, our patrons, happy. And if we make those people happy and get a few more people happy, that's the number we have to – and that to, that that's a fundamental game changer for how you put together a show like this. A show is typically designed and released and then you know promoted in a way to get the most downloads possible. Right. Uh, the, the, the largest Ratings, quote unquote. Yep. This show, totally different formula, and I love that about it. And we and we totally perfect for v- a new and show. And we
3: vetted out Patreon too. It, it, Patreon was the first thing ever launched yeah. uh, outside of the traditional funding structure yeah. in Jupyter podcast yeah.
0: yeah. And and, was, and we we had we had phone calls with the CEO. We watched yeah. other creators launch and sort of w- and saw what the feedback was. Like it was something we really thought about.
3: Yeah. And we wanted to put it in a way that really. Made the content not driven by the advertising model because in this, in our opinion, that model is broken for a
0: show like this. News it, shows it doesn't work. News shows don't need to be about get the most clicks, grab the most attention. That's not right. what a show that's documenting the people's history. That's not how it should be aimed. That right. shouldn't be the core focus. Yeah. So so that's yeah. why you know thanks to you guys who support
3: us. You know we don't have to look at the download numbers. All we have to look at is that Patreon number. And if we know. And we know we're doing a good job when you guys are supporting us and you're going to that page. And you are not only just contributing financially, but you're inputting into the show your thoughts and your passions on our subreddit and also on our Patreon page. That's what matters. And we know. thank you so much for doing that. Well
0: said, Mr. Chase. Now, let's shift gears and get into the 2016 election. Nothing Um, going on there. Nothing happening. So why don't we start uh, on the left of this week. Uh, With uh, nothing happening in Indiana, here at Trump Tower, any moment.
13: Well, Katie, in the interim, we have uh, other news from the other party. Uh, Let's go to the animation. (laughs) Brywy,
0: you know, Brywy is getting tired. Whenever, whenever a (laughs) let's go to the animation. Right. Whenever, whenever an anchor who's been in the business for a long time starts queuing the people back in the booth when to roll animations and stuff like that, you know they're either drunk or they're tired as hell. Well, you also
3: got to realize is the same production crew that. Does MSNBC is not the same production crew that does the main mothership NBC newscast. So, Brywise working with these, I'm not saying that they're less professional. I'm just saying that they're not. You know,
0: it's yeah, a different yeah, it's a different feel. Yeah, they're less professional.
13: Yeah. Party, uh, let's go to the animation. <laughs> go. Remember, this is about Indiana, and we are projecting that Bernie Sanders will win the Indiana Democratic primary. We had this as too early after polls closed. Oh, then we had it as too close. Oh, not anymore. Oh. NBC News and MSNBC projecting that when all the votes are counted,
0: Senator Sanders will add it to his log pile of states. These are- so there you go. Senator Senator Sanders wins Indiana, which by
3: the way, he was
0: all the polls were picking Hillary. Yeah, I yeah. mean this is kind of a mini Michigan in a way. The dog won't be set back though. More no,
7: more and more. Doesn't oh, oh, oh wait.
0: Before we get to the dog, uh, th- I have noticed. Uh, I I am so glad I remember to grab this clip. I have noticed something. There has been a trend. Bernie is hurting the party. Bernie is hurting Hillary. Bernie yeah, is giving you, the Republicans you need to a- unite the party. Yeah. You need to get out. You're going to give the Republicans an- uh, ammunition. 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 Am- going am- to
7: am- be the nominee on the Republican side. So either you or Hillary Clinton is going to have to run against
0: him. Be my pleasure.
5: Yeah,
7: he said he would look to your speeches for very good material against hillary clinton starting with she has bad judgment
8: well look the republican party will have dozens of oppositional researchers. They don't need my speeches.
0: You know what I've been saying all along is why isn't Sanders actually going after Clinton? And I've always felt like he always kind of knew he never had a shot, so he didn't want to take her down too much because they would use that as ammunition.
17: Uh, To
8: talk about Hillary Clinton. Uh, They will go after Hillary Clinton, by the way, in ways that I have never, ever (laughs)
3: gone
8: after Hillary Clinton. I mean, things like the Clinton founder,
0: things like the email situation. I don't talk about that. They glitched out there, but he said the Clinton Foundation, the email situation. I don't talk about that. Well, maybe you should. Now, despite the loss though, Clinton's going to keep going. Right. Hillary
18: Clinton lost in You're Indiana, back. as you've heard, but she is still the Democrat most likely to face Donald Trump in November. Bernie Sanders beat Hillary Clinton by four points in yesterday's primary, 52 to 48%. But Clinton now has 92 percent of the delegates she Ooh. needs to win the nomination. Check this out. She leads Bernie Sanders 2,202 to <laughs>
0: 1,389. That's just,
3: I mean. But but again, you know, they are including 500 plus super delegates. Yeah,
0: yeah, which 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 you know, seem pretty legit. Those super delegates aren't going anywhere, my friend. Which you know, I, I do give the
3: the argument that Bernie has about the states where he's won large. You know, like Washington State's one of them where the the party, you know, uh, establishment has is gone with Hillary even though I've always thought that they should take the superdelegates out of the count, just make it the pledged delegates until the convention and let them vote then. They don't have to declare anything. By declaring they you know, they are driving the the mm-hmm. election. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I've I had an uh, an epiphany, mm-hmm. if you will.
0: Okay. Late on my Brother Chase. On the Republican
3: side of things, they even though Trump had the delicate count by a wide margin, okay? And before the events that happened last night, the the media was always saying, oh, it's going to be probably contested. You know, Cruz is mathematically out of it. But they weren't kind of suggesting Cruz should get out, right? They they weren't suggesting that Cruz should get out.
0: Like they were kind of going, you yeah, know. In well, fact, I'm going to play a clip where uh, right until he got out, they're saying he should stay in. Right. Even though mathematically, he was
3: impossible for him to do it.
0: Everybody's saying that when it gets to the convention, he might be the guy they go with, right.
3: But you know, Bernie, you know, they've been saying Bernie should get out like months ago, the on the Democratic side. I just I mean, I don't like either side on this Let's go
0: let's go oh, let's go a little bit so to the bad. Dog. Let's go back to the dog here for a moment. Uh, take a
11: dog to go. Go.
18: Clinton has been hedging her bets when it comes to her likely opponent. Both Trump and Cruz. Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. When I hear Donald Trump say what he says, or I hear Ted Cruz say what he says. But last night, 43 minutes after Cruz dropped out, she tweeted, Donald Trump is the presumptive GOP nominee. Chip in now if you agree we can't let him become president.
3: Chip in, Chase. Hey, you know, all she got to do, uh, Chris, is just come more speeches.
0: Just, just a few more, right? Just a few more Go speeches. Go back in there. Uh, all right. So I, I really, though, I think the thing we should probably talk about <clears throat> is the right. Indiana, Cruz, Trump, Kasich, all of it. We got to cover all of it. And before we cover yeah. all, I think in order to properly put Indiana in perspective, we have to go back in time a little bit to uh, last Thursday. And uh, I go to one of Ted Cruz's biggest advocates. Do you know who this is? Biggest advocate. Now claims he spent half a million dollars supporting him. Really? I don't know,
3: Glenn Beck. Oh, oh, oh! He, he was, didn't he say he was thinking about committing suicide <coughs> if
0: if uh, if Trump wins? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Glenn Beck, he's really serious about it. And here he lays out why Indiana was a big deal for Cruz. Indiana, hear me, Cruz supporters,
8: hear me. You have a chance. The election will hinge on you. If you don't get out in force, and uh, let me say this to everybody. I know these campaigns. I know the Cruz campaign and I have not talked to anybody about this. I just know. The Cruz campaign uh, and as as all of them are are struggling even I think Hillary is struggling for cash
0: out- this is interesting this might be why Cruz bailed because uh, Beck is saying that uh, the, the Cruz campaign is struggling for cash
8: Hillary is struggling for cash and Hillary outside says. of the big donors the Republicans don't have any of the big donors they don't have the Cokes they don't have they don't have Sheldon Adelson they don't have any of the big donors they're all sitting on the sidelines this is truly a grassroots uh, election. And people are not willing to step up and put their money where their mouth is. Our lives, our fortunes our sacred honor. Now, I happen to be a Cruz supporter, so let me just say TedCruz.org, TedCruz.org, <laughs> TedCruz.org. But you've got to get out and vote if you're in that state. You have to get out anywhere you are. And guys, if you believe like I do, you know the republic is at stake.
3: The republic is at stake, Beck says. By the way, I love how he's doing this show, right? Yeah. From his couch,
0: just chilling. He's like, You know it's a mock-up of the White House? I know it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. amazing. So, of the course, yeah. the Indiana night comes, and the wind goes to... Never too
19: dull. Uh, this is uh, one of those moments that uh, we're all looking forward to. Twelve, the polls in the hall of Indiana 10, will close in the five, next few seconds. Eight, uh, the eastern time seven, zone, the central six, time zone, at five, five, which point uh, four, we will be able three, three, to make a projection.
16: Two, what? Happy New
19: Year! It's a CNN projection. CNN projects that uh, Donald Trump will win the Republican presidential primary in the state of Indiana. Another very, very big win for very uh, big. Donald Trump. This is a huge win. He's very he huge. effectively going one on one with Ted Cruz. He manages to pull out a win in Indiana. Uh, this is uh, something that uh, Ted Cruz really needed, almost make or break for Ted Cruz. Donald Trump is the winner. Let's I take a look at why? the actual I win. coming.
0: So, Trump wins the night, it's a big deal, and... You know, he's going to make America great again, Chris. Then Ted Cruz, I mean, almost he, shockingly, that He evening, drops
3: the bombshell of the from night. From the beginning,
1: I've said that I would continue on as long as there was a viable path to victory. Tonight, I'm sorry to say... No! no! It appears that path has been foreclosed. No! together. We left it all on the field in Indiana. We gave it everything we've got. Got. But the voters chose another path. And so, with a heavy heart, but with boundless optimism for the long-term future of our nation. We are suspending our campaign.
0: All right, so he suspends the campaign. Now, this... Carly losing twice, by the way. This...
3: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Wow, I didn't think
0: about that. <laughs> oh, sorry, Carly. I didn't think about that. Uh, so, um... By the way,
3: uh, I you know what? I got to find the information. We had a, a unfiltered supporter. Yeah. I don't know if he's a patron or not. Took... Uh, he did my call last week and went and tweeted me out and I will, I'll, I'll tweet it again here uh, in a moment. But tweeted me out one of Cruz's speeches. Edited out
0: all the pauses that I asked. He sounded normal. <laughs> he sounded like a normal guy. Uh, I'll, I'll retweet it. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, check that out at Nunes. Uh, here's, the, here's the bacon I have uh, oh, for this. Yeah, I have a little bacon. Some Arlington bacon. I got a little conspiracy bacon I want to fry with you guys. So, Chase, you, you remember uh, it was a Friday night... Uh, of April, do you remember when I got back? I went and did a beer run. It was Linux Fest. We're setting up in the hotel, and I went out and uh, I I got a beer and I got I got some snacks and I came back with some reading material. Do You remember the reading material that I came back with uh, to our uh, Linux Fest? Uh, goodness,
3: I, I do. Uh, it, it was a very established and well-known publication. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. A publication, I believe, that is actually does have some links to Trump. I believe Trump. I believe Trump is friends with the guy that runs it. If... And,
3: and believe it or not, yeah, 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 You know, we we touched on uh, in our in our intro store our intro of the the clip today. Uh, mm-hmm. The the whole. Ted,
0: reacting please. to it. Yeah. I picked up this Inquirer yeah, magazine, Ted Cruz's father linked to JFK assassination because it was just too good. I had to buy it and bring it back so you and I could read it right there. I picked it up. I own that copy. I thought this is too great to pass up. Uh, and I thought it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, I thought. What? No way.
9: Get ready. We're about to go down to the rabbit hole very deep.
0: Yes, a bombshell story coming out now. That Ted Cruz's father was actually a CIA, CIA-linked Cuban who is exiled to Canada to work for the Bush oil company following his assignment with Lee Harvey Oswald. That is a photograph allegedly of Rafael Cruz, the, pr- the father of Ted Cruz, the presidential candidate right there with Oswald passing out pamphlets in New Orleans. The story comes to us via the Marshall Report. They state... Now, I want to stop right here. So, there you go. That's the picture. You've probably seen it by now. Uh, and, of course, Ted Cruz, he kind of freaks out about Good this whole thing. with
11: Indiana and any reasonable chance of stopping Donald Trump on the line tonight, Ted Cruz went personal on Trump like we've never seen him in
0: a- And I thought, boy, isn't it weird? So, this is the morning before the Indiana uh, primary, right? I thought, isn't it weird that... Uh, that Cruz even feels necessary that he has to respond to this. Yeah, I know. I, I thought it's that very was interesting. With, uh, hold on, because when,
3: when I heard that he responded to it, and I actually heard the clip, uh, I was just like, "Why?
11: Why is it, this?" It, what that validates saying? the story to me. Yeah, yeah. Indiana at any reasonable chance of stopping Donald Trump on the line tonight. Ted Cruz went personal on Trump like we've never seen him in a stinging tirade attacking the front runner as a serial philanderer.
0: The other reason why this doesn't make sense. Is now this is sort of Ted Cruz's last hurrah on his last day of his campaign. Yeah, he he loses Indiana and quits and and starts his morning out by by kind of coming out and being nasty anyway. He hasn't really been as na- he hasn't been this nasty yet. It's like why didn't he just he could have just not said anything, let the Indiana votes go down. I, I think he honestly thought that he was going to win Indiana.
3: I mean, otherwise why even do it? Why even set it up? I mean, he honestly probably thought in his head he had a shot of winning Indiana. And or at the it,
0: time he made these statements, he wasn't planning to pull out. That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. I, mean, he I don't made, know if he, he was m- planning to win Indiana, but well, I, I think before, regardless of Indiana or not, they were planning to go all the way to Cleveland.
3: All right. Conspiracy time. Do you think... Do you think there's a back deal here for, for Cruz? I mean I, don't know, I mean, I don't know if you have the clip of Trump being very, very kind to Cruz during his victory
11: speech. Yeah. Oh, he's going to go places. He's a good guy. You know, I'm he's gonna, a great competitor. So I'll come, okay, well, let's yeah. play the rest of this. Okay. We'll come Running short, Cruz is hanging his hopes on forcing Trump to stumble short of the delegates he needs for the Republican nomination. Key to his strategy is beating Trump in Indiana. But the polls leading up to today show that as a tall order. And at this hour, most polls in the state have closed. Votes are being counted. Polls in the entire state will be closed just minutes from now. NBC's Hallie Jackson leads off our coverage tonight.
20: On a day that could decide the future of the Republican race, intensely personal politics. The man is
1: utterly a moral. Ted
20: Cruz emptying his arsenal against Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> this man is a pathological liar. Donald Trump is a serial philanderer.
20: Another attempt to wrestle back the narrative less than 24 hours after Cruz confronted Trump supporters. don't oh, want Trump pouncing describes Cruz as a desperate candidate trying to save his failing campaign, arguing he's unhinged without the temperament to be president. His own attack line turned against him.
1: It's a question of temperament and judgment.
20: Cruz's campaign disgusted by Trump's tactics, like today bringing up an unproven tabloid story appearing to link Cruz's father to President Kennedy's assassination.
21: It's disgraceful. His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald's being, uh, you know, shot. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous.
0: You know, the fact that they let Trump just call into all these shows is kind of ridiculous. Well, they give him the line, you know. So he says it's disgraceful. He's, this is how he brings it up.
20: Appearing to link Cruz's father to President Kennedy's assassination. It's
21: disgraceful. His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald's being, uh, you know, shot. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous.
20: Rafael Cruz himself responding. This audio, an NBC exclusive. I would love to sue them for
1: different information. This bill keeps calling this is nuts. Yes, my dad killed JFK. He is secretly Elvis, and, J- and Jimmy Hoffa is buried
0: in his backyard.
20: Jay feels different, but through it all.
0: Now, this is what I was talking about. Sometimes, Just watch how Cruz handles people. He seems—I mean, I realize the press is aggressive, but— when he gets something he doesn't like, uh, he really seems like he was kind of at the end of his rope today.
20: Day, Cruz question, again refusing to answer whether he'd support Trump, 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 Trump as the, Trump the GOP nominee. Like the Someone but else Trump. have a question? But no, but Senator, no, no, no. why you've not say one already, Hallie? You've asked if you say he's a liar, Jess, I'm sorry, but if you say he's a pathological liar, and you say that you can't,
1: Hallie, you've asked one already. why not definitively
20: say? Trump's aides tell NBC they're turning to November, focusing more on Hillary Clinton starting tomorrow.
0: There for go. a
20: loss tonight, but unless it's devastating...
0: You notice CNN playing in the background? Yeah. yeah. All right, so here's what she, she, what she said when their audio was cut out. She said, uh, the Ted Cruz campaign is preparing for a loss tonight, but unless things are devastating...
20: Watch for Cruz to stay in this race. Why? Call it the what-if factor. Aides arguing Donald Trump could still drop the ball on the goal line, and that if Republicans need a Hail Mary, Cruz should be there to deliver. Lester?
0: Alex so I find uh, that to be a great question. Why did when Cruz's, and several and you saw several comment commentators said he's going to stay in? What if what if it's true? What if his dad was involved in the assassination? Of JFK, to some regard. What What if he he had an affair
3: with those eight other women?
0: Maybe he was a handler for uh, Lee for a little while. I mean, who knows? Right. But if he was connected to that oil company that uh, Bush worked for during all of that, that would be highly suspicious, because that oil company was a CIA front. Or maybe, Chris, he's going for the sympathetic vote. By dropping out, people will
3: feel bad that he dropped out, and they will still vote for him anyway in those (laughs) states. I just, I'm I am,
0: and I am, I am shocked. And then, of course, it was. It didn't take long until uh, John Kasich said, "Yeah, I, I'm also suspended." Uh, uh, yeah, I a need Fox a breakfast news
14: alert. Uh, we are now getting word that, uh, reports that Ohio Governor John Kasich will be making an announcement this afternoon, and the reports are that he will be suspending his campaign. Uh, So, again, we just got word that announcement will be coming this afternoon.
0: Yep. So and it's been confirmed that Kasich is out leaving Trump as the uh, GOP nominee, the face of the GOP. Uh, And uh, remember, Beck said the stakes were super high, that the republic was at stake. So now you can imagine he's not so happy. Donald Trump is the face of the GOP. Well, that makes
8: us crony capitalists. It makes us... Wafflers. It makes us pretty racist. It makes <laughs>
21: us uh, uh,
8: big government guys. It just—you uh, name it. It's make it makes us that. Well, I'm not. I'm none of those things. And so I can't say, well, these are my friends because that's my future. I won't tolerate it. I don't want my children to look at that man and say, yeah, he's my president. I I won't have that. I will not endorse it. I will not tolerate it.
0: Now, I think Beck is probably representing quite a bit of conservative viewpoints. Absolutely. Totally. So does this mean that Hillary's got it in the bag now?
3: Ooh, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I, uh, I was listening to uh, Michael Medved. He's a big conservative talk show host in, in this region. I think he does a national show. I'm not sure. But, but anyway, he was talking to uh, another talk, sh- uh, talk show radio station yet last night. And the question was asked to him, well, now that Trump is the presumptive nominee, are you going to vote for Hillary? And he goes, probably, basically. I mean, he, he didn't come out and straight say it, but he says he will not vote for Trump. I mean, he was even thinking, leaning towards, you know, uh, Gary Johnson, you know, the libertarian candidate. But it's one of those situations where it's just like, I know that there's a lot of conservative Republicans that are now in this jam, right? That they there's no way that they're just going to go ahead and go for the Republican nominee just because they're the Republican nominee. And so you're going to have this weird thing. And then you're going to have people on the left that are like – there's no way I would ever vote for Hillary because she's the establishment. She's the
0: I can't call this. Here's where here's where it's fascinating for me. Uh, I like watching Beck for two reasons right now. One of all, one of them is I think it's a huge deal that Trump is now the head of the GOP. He's going to run the GOP. He's going to be the nominee. When you right. think of when you think of the Republican Party, you will be thinking of Trump now to some degree, and that is astonishing. And uh, so, and Beck touches on that. The other thing I find fascinating about Beck is there's some media deconstruction happening here. You know, you are watching him now having to come back from what has been ostensibly a um, massive undertaking. He's basically only talked about Ted Cruz. He has become Ted Cruz's close personal friend. He has supposedly spent half a million dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And now he has to walk some of that back. It's
3: fascinating. I just thought of something uh, based on a chat room comment. Let me uh, I'll find it here in a second. Uh, oh, it, so, someone said something along the lines of, of now all the supporters are going to go support Bernie because they hate Hillary. They're not going to vote for Trump. They'll go for Bernie. And it just made me wonder, how many states remaining in the Democratic, Democratic primary season are open primaries? Because if they're open primaries, they could switch their affiliation and, and cause the, the big landslide that Bernie would need. I know this is really far-fetched. And uh, but this has happened today, and we didn't see this happening, right? We didn't see Cruz dropping out yesterday, and we didn't see you know Kasich dropping out today. It makes you wonder: is that even possibly could happen? And it's one of those situations where I'm gonna I'm, I'm throwing it out there and putting it on record. Just in case it does, <laughs> so I could say i I told you so, but <laughs> but, it, but it's interesting right, because there's so many people that are adamant that they don't want Trump and they don't want Hillary,
0: you know I think I th- mean is that possible? No, I don't think so. I think uh they don't want a socialist, they don't want somebody as left as Bernie, and it. And in reality, it's not Hillary is really out. a centrist. Hillary, Hillary is not a, a progressive. She is not. No, she's not. She was for military action in Syria. She was for military action in Libya. She's bragged about the fact that she was for action in Syria before Obama was. That's been a bragging point of hers. She's. I, oh, can, you, can we do like another minute of back? Are you good with uh, it? No, uh, you're okay, done? yeah, that's fine. Sure. Yeah, right. no, it's okay. It's just fascinating. Yeah, to me. no, I mean this. This is it feels honestly like the almost m- war wars, like a rift in the parties. All right, mean, is this more histor- uh,
3: historic uh, than? you know electing an African American as president
0: I don't know if it's equivalent uh, actually uh, is it I, I don't think it's equivalent I'll tell you it's most it's it's more surprising um you know i i I'm on record of, i thought I thought Trump would be out by now i oh, thought i
3: think i got a, I, made, I don't know if you know if we made a red book I it think was just like
0: i i I know i was my latest my last trump is before I started realizing he wasn't going to be yeah. out my last trump is going to be out prediction was he one of these controversies would be bad enough that he would jump out, and he would jump out saying, it's for the good of the party. I, I, you know, I'm jumping out because it's good for the party. I don't want to cause the party to get all wrecked. And then everybody would say, oh, good guy Trump, he saved the party. we kind of forget about the stupid shit he said, and everybody would move on, and he'd have a huge boost to his business. Yeah. But instead, uh, he stuck with it. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, so I think it's hugely surprising that Trump, Donald Trump, <clears throat> The man has never held an elected office. He's never been voted by, for, by anybody for anything. He's never been a governor. He's never been a senator. He's never held public office. And now he could possibly be the next president. So watching Beck shit himself is just fascinating to me about it. And I refuse
8: to have my children think that I tolerated that. I won't tolerate it for my children's sake. For capitalism's sake, for the Constitution's sake, for the party's sake, you have no chance of winning. First of all, let me tell you this. Donald Trump is is now, what, 81% anti-Hispanic? The, the Hispanics are 81% against him? I think it's higher. Amongst you think them. it's higher now? So, in the 80s, okay, anti-Hispanic. OK, Hispanics are like, I'll never vote for Donald Trump. And they're now 16 percent or only 16 percent are left saying that they will vote for a Republican. So you've lost the Hispanic vote. That might be an actually pretty important point. Oh, I think it's hugely important when you come in and you now have the uh, Hillary Clinton running. Hillary Clinton's going to win now. It. I I say that with the caveat of I've been wrong this entire election. So maybe Donald Trump wins. Wow. That would be. But let me tell you this. That would be one way or another. And he's not going to build the wall. And if he does, then I'll apologize (laughs) to him on that day. But he's not going to build
0: that wall. So there you go. I just. Oh, wow. I am amazed. Amazed. I just I, I never really thought we'd be here. I never really thought so. This is kind of about what you Here were now saying. With more
1: reaction to Donald Trump's win in Indiana tonight and now being the presumptive uh, nominee nominee, former 2016 Republican presidential candidate, former Louisiana governor, Bobby Jindal. Governor, good to see you.
12: Sean, thank you for having me back. Great to be on the air with you.
1: You know, I, when I mention the deep bench, I do mention you. I do mention uh, Rick Scott in Florida. I do mention Nikki Haley. I do mention Rick Perry and John Kasich and Scott Walker, the governors, and then, of course, Marco Rubio, and and then maybe people outside of politics. Ted Cruz, obviously, a big part of that list. Uh, people like Rudy Giuliani New,
0: So he's, well, I don't really, oh, geez, I just can't even stand Hannity. I just can't. I can't. Oh, you know what I heard? On, but basically, on- the line that they're going to pitch is that you're hurting the Republican Party if you don't support Trump. That's the line. I just can't. I can't stand Hannity. You,
3: you know what I heard what? Uh, coming in today? Hmm. Um, I heard that the rumor is, like, Dr. Ben Carson would lead up the Department of Health. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rudy Giuliani would be like homeland security like oh my god talk about paying off favors right yeah yeah wow. it just
0: feels weird to me this all this Ooh, not like not like the dog is going to be much better right i'm sure no, yeah we just guys. don't know the names So, do you want to talk a little TPP, or I could leave in the supporter sink? It's your call. You want? It's your. I could also just. You know what? How about I play just a few seconds of it. Few seconds. We'll split the difference. President
22: Barack Obama says the world should play by America's rules. Words he used to explain how the Trans-Pacific Partnership would keep the U.S. as the world's global trade leader.
9: (laughs) America should write the rules. America should call
1: the shots. Other countries should play by the rules that America and our partners set, and not the other way around.
22: Yeah. The TPP is a trade deal which involves 12 countries and 40% of the world's economy. It was signed in February this year, but the member states still have two years to ratify or reject the agreement. What do you
0: think, Chase? They got to go by America's rules. That seems like a pretty good Whoa, deal for America. America, is a pretty right? good economy. You know, America <laughs> runs it all. America. So, here all along, I thought you were Satoshi Nakamoto, but no, it turns out some Australian guy, well, he claims to be Satoshi. I'm not really sure if he is. Tell me what you think. Do a little body some language. Some people reading. will
10: believe, some people won't. And to tell you the truth, I don't really care. I was the main part of it. Other people helped me. I didn't decide. I had people decide this matter for me. And they're making life difficult, not for me, but my friends, my family, my staff. I have staff here in London. I have staff overseas. And they want to be private.
0: So what do you think? Do you think... You think maybe this guy, Satoshi, you know, this report really kind of sealed the deal. This is my favorite one. I've played it once before on the network, but it's just such a great report. I want to play it here for you, Chase.
7: man claims to be the creator of Bitcoin, a claim that would end one of the biggest mysteries in the tech world. The computer scientist says he doesn't want fame or adoration. He just wants to stop the spread of misinformation about the digital currency
22: winning obviously and it's my stack there you see so i'm getting married in two months so running
9: it for that so it's very special
22: and tell
6: me about when you looked up.
7: your shoulder. all right we apologize that was the wrong sound bite there but uh, craig wright this um, the computer science scientist says he launched the currency in 2009 with the help of others and although he has provided evidence of digital messages during the early days of bitcoin many still want more proof
11: all right let's yeah, go it to is the a- next
0: it is a really uh, kind of a fascinating story because uh, most of the Bitcoin community is not convinced. And the guy has botched uh, one of his proofs. Uh, he has altered his blog to make it look like he talked about Bitcoin before he did. Uh. Uh, but some of the top tier folks uh, like uh, like Gavin and Andreessen and others uh, do believe that Craig Wright is perhaps Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm.
21: Bruce Fenton is with me. We are... Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Please remain comfortable. Now you're the executive director of the Bitcoin Foundation, which is an advocacy group for the currency. First and foremost, do you believe that manager showed Craig, uh, whatever his name is is, is, is the man? I don't
8: think there's enough information to say yet.
21: Hang it's, on, you've read the blog. Yes. And he's given
0: his cryptography a, dra- a signature. This is the executive director of the Bitcoin Foundation that the uh, crazy CNN guy is talking to. Right. And he's given <laughs> all the
8: ways in which he did it. Yes. So why do you doubt? Well, there's, the signature that he gave is not conclusive proof. And there's a lot of bright cryptographers, a lot smarter than me, who've looked at that and they don't believe it. Some believe it. Most, I would say, don't.
0: Right My VLC is going crazy. Um,
8: the other compelling piece of evidence was uh, a couple other experts have met him and talked to him. One is Gavin Andreessen, um, who is is one of the early and prominent developers in Bitcoin,
5: met him, and, and he is convinced. So that, that speaks volumes to me, but still not enough to convince me personally.
8: Is there a way conclusively to prove it? Probably not ever a way to conclusively prove it because of the nature of Bitcoin, because someone could always be hacked. But there are other transactions he could do that would definitely give me and probably almost everybody in the industry pretty and high degree of confidence. Right. Craig
0: claims soon he'll be moving some of those original Satoshi block coin blocks around or something Oh, like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Chase. I'm, I I'm, mean, you used to do a show on this
3: stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think that – I mean, I'm not as deeply inve- embedded yeah. in this.
0: Yeah. What do I think? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was looking at, I well, mean, I was just
3: looking at his body language. Mm-hmm. So, either he looks like a guy who's really rehearsed what he was going to say and do, or he 's telling the truth
0: i I think the big picture doesn 't matter uh, The technology speaks for itself the crypt the cryptography speaks for itself uh the blockchain uh is uh, is truly one of the greatest ledgers in the history of the world, and the technology is open source and speaks for itself. Would I where if I was going to fry? If I could just do a little bit of bacon, mm, one more, some more bacon from Savannah this time. Yes, sir. There. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, I would argue that uh, the timing is a little suspicious. So Craig Wright himself, he's under tax fraud investigation right now. That's kind of odd. I didn't know that. There's also a big debate going on that I'm not totally up to date on in the Bitcoin community about some future directions, some discussions of forking the project, some discussions of how large certain things should be. And there's it's pretty contentious. Gavin Andreessen thinks it should be one way, and a lot of the other people don't. There are some people that agree with him, and it turns out Craig Wright happens to also be one of the people that agrees with Gavin on this major decision. Kind of convenient. All right. uh, then there's also some other things going on in the background that suggest that people know more than what's being revealed. Oh. Uh, Gavin Andreessen, again, the chief scientist for the Bitcoin Foundation, one of the core developers, yeah. had his GitHub access, commit access, revoked. Oh, and it has not been reinstated since he came out and said he thinks this is Satoshi. They revoked it, claiming, oh, well, he must have been hacked, so we revoked it because he tweeted that he thought it was the guy. And so once it was obvious that he wasn't hacked, they haven't reinstated his access, which is a little strange. Mm. Yeah.
3: That is very conspiracy yeah. bacon ish
0: So it's worth watching. It's a fascinating story. Um, but uh, Is it
3: that significant, though? I mean, if he is. I mean, does
0: that matter? If he has an impact in the future direction of the project, it could. Bitcoin's been seeing quite a bit of adoption, so the timing's a little rough. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay. caused the price to drop a little Just bit. Just curious. You know, uh, we yeah, we normally would have a high note, but instead right. of a traditional high note, I have a high note in the sense of a high budget. You know, you've heard about like NASA spending, you know, a million dollars on a toilet and things like that. Oh, well, yeah. How about a university? Spent seventeen grand on well a dining. Whoa, hello there, Fox News. Again, Chase. I say seventeen grand on what? Did I say a dining room table, like, you know, like a... Yeah.
15: One costly
7: mistake. What do you think about this? The University of New Hampshire admits it paid way too much for a custom table at their dining hall. Look at that. How fancy does that look to you? Super fancy. The price tag? Nearly $18,000. What? That's more than a year's tuition. So why is that thing? Just a simple looking table. So expensive. It has a light up display on Worth top. It. The university says it plans to keep that table despite the
0: uproar. What? You know, they should have done. Should have kicked some of that money over at patreon.com slash unfiltered.
3: Nothing grinds my gears more than seeing government and public institutions taking our tax dollars and our public money and just wasting it away. It
0: is a little rough when it's a university and tuition's super high and things like that. And kids are taking out loans. But don't worry, when Bernie gets elected, he'll pay for your college. (laughs) You know, we have more coming up. The overtime is about to start and there is way more to cover, so stick around for that. But if... That's enough news for you. That's your core veggies for the week. That's right.
3: You can head over to our Unfilter subreddit page at unfilter.reddit.com. That's where you can vote stories into the show that sometimes are considered. You can also be a part of the conversation. We have a lot of you guys that submit stories every single day, and thank you so much for doing that. Now, in case you don't want to do the Reddit thing and you want something a little bit smaller, maybe 140 characters or less, we do the Twitter thing. Chris, you're on that Twitter thing,
0: right? Mm. At Chris L.A.S., buddy.
3: Yeah. What about you? I can do the Twitter. Oh, yeah? At Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And if oh. you were following me there, I just tweeted out the clip that one of our unfiltered listeners did of Ted Cruz, and it's <laughs> hilarious.
0: Now, also, you can follow the network at Jupiter Signal for news announcements, things like that about show releases, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, did you know we do this here show live? In what? In fact, you get even more content. If you tune in live, go to jblive.tv for that shenanigans. And if you want to know when that shenanigans goes down. You go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar turned down for what indeed. Thank you, everybody in the chat room, for joining us this week. Thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash unfilter. It's you guys who make the overtime segment possible, which is coming up in just a little bit. That has even more stuff. And don't forget, if you're a patron at the $5 level or more, there's tons more clips in the supporters' thing for you to go listen to at your own volition. That's right. <laughs> you guys, thank
3: you so much for supporting our show. Thank you again to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash
0: unfilter. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a crazy couple of weeks. We're going to be following the news. You know there's going to be a ton to talk about. So we'll see you right back here next, next. Week.
21: I do whine because I want to win.
0: Just when you thought it was time for a potty break, it's the Unfiltered Overtime segment for 186. Ladies and gentlemen, this segment brought to you by our awesome patrons. Here we go! A special shout out to our new patrons since the last time we gathered here today. Thank you to super user Colin K. And I'm going to say Marcos. I think that's how you say it. And I say it with love. Thank you for becoming our new patrons over at patreon.com slash unfilter. You guys made this week's episode possible, and this overtime segment is for you and all of our supporters.
11: I I, 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 I will, I will, uh, hold hold, hold on, guys, come on, there's just... uh, No, it's true. No, it's true. It's true. Thank you. To
0: those of you who support the show at patreon.com slash unfilter, and now we're going to bring you some additional clips that supplement what you've already heard in the show, extra information that make it to the main cut, like our first story. Let's start in the overtime with a little cyber story. You know, go figure, you put, you put... Bluetooth antennas and Wi-Fi antennas on billboards, of course this is gonna happen.
7: U.S. Senators calling for an investigation into just how much information companies should be able to take from your cell phone. They're going after billboard company Clear Channel, which partners with another company to track users' cell phone data when they get close to certain billboards. The company using that information for targeting advertising. New York Senator Chuck Schumer claiming this just goes too far.
21: New spying billboards are being installed across the country, including right here in New York City, and they're being used to collect your mobile phone data. Shocking. We think this kind of data is so pervasive that they ought to get your permission, even if they say they don't have your name attached to it. Who knows?
7: Fox News legal analyst Lise Wheel is here to weigh in on the legal side of this, or at least spying billboards sounds very 1984. It's right. super Big crazy. Right? Is it legal?
14: Well, it is, let, let's go back up just a little bit. Uh, Chuck Schumer is asking the Federal Trade Commission to look into this, and that is the organization that would look into it because they, they look into consumer rights and privacy rights, uh, competition affecting interstate commerce, so that, that's, the, that's the right organization. But under uh, Title 15. Um, but the problem is here, and I think this is really the linchpin where I think that it is legal. You as a consumer have to opt into this mm-hmm. program. Oh. Now, of course, you know, opting in means just, you know, clicking that I agree button, and, you know, we're both lawyers, and do we, you know, do we just punch that thing when we want something? Of course we do. Yeah. do we, well, I will not speak to you, Shannon, but yeah. I know I just get click, 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 click. I don't I know. actually read
7: You download the app, download and there the are 15 pages click, of fine print, and it's like if you want the app,
14: So I
0: guess what they're saying is Clear Mm -hmm. Channel's app, maybe the one you'd use to listen to their radio shows.
14: For you, I disagree. Yeah, right. (laughs) But but technically, you are opting in. You haven't. You're saying Mm -hmm. I do agree to it. So I think legally, that is going to absolutely shield a Clear Clear Channel here. Um, Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, I've kind of come to this position that once you walk outside the privacy of your own house, Mm -hmm. privacy, privacy, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Once you walk outside of that perimeter, yeah, you kind of, you know, when I go go to work, I go to work the train station not, the same, it's, thing. You're being not the same thing you're, you're being not walk. the same thing you're, you're the same that is, is so not so so the same, same thing. thing and I, I kind of liken it to when you go to amazon right and mm-hmm. you, you want to like purchase a book or uh, an item something like that then the next day amazon will send you 12 things saying oh you looked at recommended recommended yeah. it. it's sort of the same thing and they're also saying clear Channel is also saying look yes we give you you know the the things you'll we'll give you information but it's almost as innocuous as if you're going down to floor if you're going on 985 on floor Florida, uh, yeah, we're going to send you information, give you billboards about going to Disney World. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you think? What more... I don't like
7: are the apps that tell you that you're driving too fast. <laughs> you they, don't can like try, they can track you all the time. And, like, and they do know where I'm going, but the problem is they know how quickly I'm getting there. Of course, there. that is That's kind the of
0: a problem. Like, like the I know, I know. <laughs> it's not really
7: bad. Uh, I'm not the speeder in the family. Wink, I'll just wink, leave out it that way. Uh, a <throat> little shout out there. Uh, but listen, we do... Uh,
0: I think that was a little husband bashing. That's alright, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. Let's move on from cyber. There's so much to cover. We have terror, we have 2016, and the chat room isn't fully loaded at the moment because uh, I'm uh, doing this off our regular schedule. I would normally defer to them. Let me get a little pulse here. You know what? Let's uh, Let's do terrorism. Let's do that. You know, one of the favorite uh, show-me-the-money segments here on the uh, on the old, old filter program is, uh, of course, the F-35 project.
6: The F-35 Joint Strike Fighter Program is the largest and most expensive acquisition program in the Department of Defense's history. The full capabilities this aircraft will eventually provide are critical to America's national security.
0: This is Senator John McCain.
6: Our ability to deter, to deter our potential adversaries around the globe and, if necessary, respond with overwhelming force to any future conflicts that may require military intervention. At the same time, the F-35 program's record of performance has been both a scandal and a tragedy with respect to cost, schedule, and performance, and it's a textbook example of why this committee has placed such a high priority on reforming the broken defense acquisition system. The F-35 schedule for development has now stretched to more than 15 years. Costs have more than doubled from original estimates. Aircraft deliveries amount to no more than a mere trickle relative to the original promises of the program. The original F-35 delivery schedule promised 1,013 F-35s of all variants would be delivered by the end of fiscal year 2016. In reality, we will have 179. Because the Air Force, Marines, and Navy were all counting on the F-35s that never appeared, combat aircraft and strike fighter capacity shortfalls in all three services have reached critical levels, severely impacting readiness and ultimately limiting the department's ability to meet the requirements of the defense strategy. So not only
0: is it a huge money pit, but because we've been waiting on it, we're not, we're not like ordering new planes. We're just trying to keep what we've got working. And it's now a readiness issue. Wow. What a mess. Speaking of a mess, I love this video because... It, well, I'll start it. I'll start it. This is being called the videotape that ISIS does not want the world to see. Stop right there. See, this is why I already disagree. <laughs> I don't mean to be such a curmudgeon, but it's the videotape that... Uh, ISIS didn't want you to see, I don't, I don't think I'm buying that. ISIS just videotapes everything and uploads it to the web, supposedly. I think this is the videotape that the people who want you to believe that ISIS is a serious threat that the West has taken so long to defeat don't want you to see. I think this is the video that shows you that we have been fighting an enemy that is completely incompetent. It's the U.S. government. Who doesn't want you to see this video? This is being
12: called the videotape that ISIS does not want the world to see. Here's part of it. This is a GoPro video. The camera mounted on the helmet of a dead ISIS fighter, showing the horror and the chaos as the militants fight Kurdish Peshmerga forces. And when the ISIS fighters shoot at each other, well, it's clear they're not necessarily the slick fighting machine their propaganda would have you believe. Whose propaganda? Retired U.S. Navy Captain Chuck Nash is a Fox News military analyst. Captain, um, so we're going to play several clips of this, then I'll get your reaction to you. The first clip, this video begins with a suicide bomber saying his goodbyes. May God accept you as a martyr, says one man. The bomber then says, do not be sad for me. And then all of a sudden you hear another guy say, come on, hurry up, brothers. There are warplanes around, please. I mean, it's stunning video, but then... The action begins. We'll go to the next video. ISIS fighters jumping in their armored vehicles. They head toward the Peshmerga. A rocket hits one of the vehicles. They get out. They try to fire at the Kurdish base, but A fighter's automatic weapon slips and he starts firing into his own vehicle and you hear the angry voice inside saying, stop firing, stop firing.
0: What a bunch of clowns. These are a bunch of lunatics that have no idea how to use these heavy weapons, these heavy U.S. weapons. Captain, what does this tell you? Well, uh,
4: I having never been in ground combat, but oh. having many friends who have been oh. and associates, oh. they can
0: tell you it is. A d- so, in other words, you're as much of an expert on the topic uh, as I am. Gotcha. Mm. Okay, so they're clowns.
11: Bin Laden, uh, probably the costs would outweigh the benefits.
0: During a rare interview in the situation, when President Obama reflected on some of the lessons of the Bin Laden raid five years later. We're celebrating five years of killing somebody. That's
11: what we do now. If I have uh, a mission for uh, myself and for the next president, it's for us to think uh, much more carefully and be much more attentive to how do we create uh, partners in the regions that are responsive to their people, that can conduct basic law enforcement. I'm
0: economic. thinking what he's saying there is we probably should have worked with Pakistan more. Uh, I, this, I'm worried that that clip is going to get us pulled off of YouTube because of that dramatic music they put in the background. So uh, I want to, let's pivot Ooh, yeah, pivot.
22: And talk about the Pakistani government tolerating U.S. drone strikes in exchange for money. Now, once known as a cricketing hero and for his playboy lifestyle, Imran Khan is now a strong political force in his home country of Pakistan. He's the prime minister's main opponent and also an outspoken critic of U.S. interference in his country's affairs. Well, Imran uh, opposes almost all military operations within his country and neighboring states, including the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, and he's now leading a campaign against drone strikes on the Taliban.
0: Seems like we can't have this guy get in office. That seems like that'd be a bad thing for our agenda. In Pakistan.
17: Killing people by these uh, drones, basically sitting on a screen and eliminating people, uh, dehumanizing them, Treating them uh, uh, as if, you know, they're from some other planet. It violates all norms of justice. It violates all norms of us being human. Oh, man, we definitely can't have this guy get in there. Oh, that's going to be bad for us. It's anti-human, you know. They are bombing villages. And then they think that a bomb, when when it bursts, when it splinters, that the shrapnel knows exactly who's a terrorist and who's a woman and who's a child, who's a grandmother. I mean, there are so many instances of people being killed who had nothing to do with uh, terrorism.
22: Well, that was an extract from an exclusive interview Imran gave to our documentary team on U.S. drone strikes in Pakistan. And earlier I discussed that with Marina Kosterova, who spoke to him.
23: Well, it was very important to us uh, to secure an interview with Imran Khan because obviously we're making a film about the drone strikes in Pakistan and how people are being affected who live there. So it was very interesting to hear his point of view. Sean,
22: just how badly have people been affected?
23: You have over uh, 400 strikes since 2004. We have over 4,000 people killed. Out of those around 1,000 are innocent civilians, people who human rights organizations claim they had no links to terrorism. People living in fear. They don't know whether they should go out or not because we're seeing funerals being targeted, wedding celebrations, religious events, and people are now having to stay at home locked up because they don't know where the next strike will come.
3: The Americans should be able to tell an ordinary person from a Taliban leader. They
9: should know who they're killing. What did we do to deserve this? Whenever my three-year-old daughter hears a plane, she runs inside and won't sleep that night. The children here have been traumatized by the drones. The sound of a door banging shut is enough to terrify them.
22: But we've also heard, haven't we, from U.S. officials, and they claim they do have intelligence that shows that those who've been targeted are actually terrorists.
23: That's true, but we've also spoken to human rights organisations who point to the numbers. Imagine, Andrew, in your home, in your neighbourhood, you come home one day and you see that the place was bombed. The people, the neighbours that you've lived with for so many years, they have been killed. You know them, you know that they have no links to terrorism, yet they're being slaughtered in essence. Wouldn't you be angry? Wouldn't you want revenge? And this is what we're seeing with many people.
17: There was a boy studying in this university in Namal from Waziristan. Uh, he was in his final year of uh, electrical engineering, and suddenly he finds that in his family compound in Waziristan, there was a bomb, and his family was killed. And then we find he disappears, he goes back, obviously his family was killed. And then six months later, we find that he had blown himself up in Ghazni, in Afghanistan, on a NATO convoy.
0: That's a serious guy. That's a serious dude. And obviously RT is sort of... We're on a documentary about that. Now let's pick it up a little bit because that's a little heavy, that's a little downer, and there's a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading some of these clips. Uh, this will make you feel better. This will make you feel better. You got to be watching the video version. But uh, here's Ted Cruz uh, elbowing his wife in the face. Oh, hold on, the encoding's too bad. Let me let me launch it in MPV for you. Still having a problem with some of my some of my video encoding. And then plays back under VLC it gets all weird on us but if you play it under other things it's just it's just fine so here we go this is uh you know this almost feels like it needs a special kind of music like uh like a like something just so this is Ted Cruz for those of you that are watching the video version and this is just after his concession speech and uh, this is him all right here I'll give you a' set the mood. This is Ted Cruz bobbing his wife in the face, and NBC cutting it over and over again. This
11: is a rowdy crowd.
0: Oh, ouch. Oh, ouch. Oh, ouch. You're my Oh, ouch. Hold on
11: a Oh, ouch. There you go. Give her a good hug. No, 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 no,
6: no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 Made me feel better. <laughs> oh, Teddy. Oh, Teddy. You know, he got some crap from Boner. Carly Fiorina, one of a number of Republicans who have gotten behind Ted Cruz over
12: the last couple of weeks. Top-tier names like Mitt Romney. Uh, certain governors that maybe you wouldn't expect. Carly Fiorina as well. One person who is not willing to join that bandwagon, though, John Boehner, the former Speaker of the House, giving remarks at Stanford University last night, saying that Ted is quote, Lucifer in the flesh, and now Uh there's obviously a lot of backstory and history between those two. Ted Cruz causing nightmares for John Boehner when he was Speaker of the House, but Carol, as we've seen other Republicans who are trying to stop Donald Trump coalesce behind Ted Cruz's candidacy, John Boehner not quite there yet, and I don't think he's
0: ever going to get there, Carol.
15: I don't Hmm. think so either. I read some of that article, and what what what, was it in the Stanford News?
0: Lucifer, huh? Not uh, not a ringing endorsement for Ted probably didn't help the situation too much probably didn't you want to talk a little Hillary let's talk a little Hillary actually let's talk a little Billary
12: (laughs) Call Bill Clinton defender-in-chief the former president out stumping for Hillary appearing to downplay the significance of the FBI probe into her emails, scoffing at how thousands of those emails were later classified at least 22 of them anyway reportedly found to contain top-secret information Listen as Mr. Clinton takes a bold claim and raises a lot of eyebrows with this apology.
19: Now, you think about this when you go home. If you're driving in a 50 mile an hour zone, and a police officer pulls you over when you're driving 40, says, I'm sorry, I've got to give you a ticket, because you know the speed limit here should be 35,
17: and you should have known it.
0: Wait, What? What?
6: What? So
17: everybody's all breathless about
6: this. Look, this is a game.
12: You're talk about wow. a bank shot, huh? All right. Meantime, the 42nd president ran into a buzzsaw of hecklers when he stumped in West Virginia's coal country. A lot of folks there are not at all happy about Hillary's recent promise to phase out coal in favor of renewable energy, a vow she would later try to walk back.
0: You would think that, uh, according to Fox News, that the public hates Bill Clinton, but I think that's probably one of her best supporters. Now let's play a little rant. Ted Cruz, back to Ted Cruz, we're bouncing Donald around. Donald
1: Trump alleges that my dad was involved in assassinating JFK.
0: Now you know about this story. We played little bits and pieces of it. It's a pretty it's a beauty though, so here's a bit of the entire thing until Donald at least I get bored of it. Donald Trump alleges that
1: my dad was involved in assassinating JFK. Now, let's be clear. This is nuts. This is not a reasonable position. This is just kooky. And while I'm at it, I guess I should go ahead and admit, yes, my dad killed JFK. He is secretly Elvis and and Jimmy Hoffa is buried in his backyard. You know, Donald's source for this is the National Enquirer. The National Enquirer is tabloid trash, but it's run by his good friend, David Pecker, the CEO, who's endorsed Donald Trump. And so the National Enquirer has become his hit piece that he uses to smear anybody and everybody. And this is not the first time Donald Trump has used David Pecker's National Enquirer to go after my family. It was also the National Enquirer that went after my wife Heidi. That just spread lies, blatant lies, but I guess Donald was dismayed because it was a couple of weeks ago the Enquirer wrote this idiotic story about JFK and Donald was dismayed that, that the folks in the media weren't repeating This latest idiocy, so he figured he'd have to do it himself. He'd have to go on national television and accuse my dad of that. Listen, my father has been my hero my whole life. My dad was imprisoned and tortured in Cuba. And when he came to America, he had nothing. He had $100 in his underwear. He washed dishes making 50 cents an hour. You know, he's exactly the kind of person Donald Trump looks down on. I'm going to do something I haven't done for the entire campaign. For those of y'all who have traveled with me all across the country, I'm going to tell you what I really think of Donald Trump. This man is a pathological liar. He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies practically every word that comes out of his mouth. And in a pattern that I think is straight out of a psychology textbook, His response is to accuse everybody else of lying.
0: You know, if you just substituted uh, uh, the Donald for uh, Cruz, the two things kind of line up pretty well, don't they?
1: He accuses everybody on that debate stage of lying. And it's simply a mindless yell. Whatever he does, he accuses everyone else of doing. Hmm. The man cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist. A narcissist at a level... I don't
0: think this country's ever seen. And it keeps going there, but you've seen some of the clips, and that's all I can take. I'm sorry, Ted. I'm sorry. It was a good rant. It was like your last hurrah. Not bad. Not bad. And you did have that clash, that rough clash. You've been, you've been a soldier. i a
1: soldier.
0: I'll tell you what. Here we go. This is Ted Cruz confronting a Donald Trump uh, supporter. And I don't think the supporter made... Tr- uh, uh, um, I don't think this Trump supporter... Made Trump supporters look all that good. Do you follow me? I'm saying this was a bad example of a Donald Trump supporter. And
1: I'm running to be everyone's president. Those who vote for me, even those who vote We don't, don't want you. Well, you're entitled to your views, sir, and I will respect it. In fact, I will protect it Do pre- the math. I Do will, pre- math. I will you. know, cases right. to drop out, it's your turn. Well. Take okay. your own words. Now I'm curious, sir. Time to drop out. When, when Donald doesn't get to 1237, uh, he's going to call the de- Donald's out. definitely uh, going to get to 1237. No, he's on going no, to get more than 1237. Let me ask you something, sir. What what do you like about Donald? Everything. You give me one. Everything. Give me one. Anything. Anything.
19: Anything. Donald
1: Trump. The wall.
19: Okay, the wall.
1: <laughs> That's the main thing. Right. Immigration. Ted's building the wall. All right, all right hold on a second. <laughs> Now, do you know on the wall that Donald told the New York Times editorial board he's not going to on the wall, that he's not going to deport anyone? You're right. Once well, again, Lion Ted. Well, sir, you She'll know take
19: actually, down ISIS. She'll
1: take down civilized people down don't down just scream and yell at each other. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not what. you all the, the right. words were caught Let me on tape. The New York Times recorded the whole thing, publicly recorded. Uh, that's a total lie. Made up. Oh, okay, right.
10: right. okay Lion Ted.
1: No! No, l- l- no one wants
21: politicians have killed America! L- l- that you
8: you America. are the problem.
10: Let me ask you
1: you
8: are the problem, All right, politician. You-, you are the problem. Listen,
1: Donald Trump has accused everyone in this race of being a liar. Donald cannot tell the truth. In one minute, you'll find out tomorrow. So, Indiana don't want you. Well, sir, you are entitled to no, have your don't. rights, Definitely. but
3: I'll
17: tell you this.
1: That's right. I, I respect your right to speak, but I'm also going to going to say in America, we are a nation that is better than anger and insults and cursing and rage. And I believe the people of Indiana have a common sense, good judgment. Trump.
0: Everybody
4: vote Trump! Life. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, NBC News fans. Th-
0: I don't know if that guy did Trump fans any favors. Yeah, I agree. It is a little hard to watch those clips. We mentioned Glenn back earlier in the show. This is astounding. This is Glenn Beck talking about his media empire falling apart around him. From the
8: Glenn Beck Network. I wanted to start there today because there's a story that maybe you have read that came out yesterday that is talking about how yesterday my company, The Blaze, laid off 40 people. And my media empire is crumbling. And part of it is because I'm traveling around with Ted Cruz. He doesn't deny it. Well, I want you to know. Yes, I've lost a lot of money traveling around with Ted Cruz. I've lost about half a million dollars. Hey-oh! That's my choice. I believe in something. Did that cause the 40 people to lose their job? No.
0: I want to talk to you today. It caused your audience to go away. That's what it did.
8: Because we're in a community together, and I trust you, and I I try to be trustworthy. And when I make a mistake, I own up to it. Oh. And I'm a trusting guy. Oh. I think anybody on the show will tell you my biggest problem is I trust everybody <laughs> until they prove otherwise. And I try to live my life in a transparent way. And I try to s- surround myself with others that I believe are trustworthy. And then I went on to build my own company with an authentic voice, a trustworthy company. And one of my main principles—and you heard me say it a million times—we take on no debt. Oh, root ourselves in principles and people, live within our own means.
0: Uh, hey, Glenn, how do you how do you build a uh, set that is a mock-up of the White House and not go into debts?
8: And I trusted the people that ran my company that they wanted the same things. And in the beginning, maybe they did want the same things.
0: It's not my fault, guys. It's not my fault.
8: But a couple of years ago, I realized there were problems in my own company. And that even though the managers were all saying the right things to me... Those things were never getting done, and you know this to be true, because I would talk about things that we were going to do on The Blaze and everything else, and then they'd never seem to materialize. What a great cop-out. That is, that is... And I was losing credibility with you, but behind the scenes, I was a holy terror for about a year, because I couldn't find out what was
0: going on. You know what he's doing here is brilliantly weaving together a nice narrative that explains his irrational behavior and not delivering on promises. It's brilliant.
8: Without saying anything bad about anybody, because we just have different principles. The people I had moved down to Dallas and the rest was in New York and Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. And we were working now towards being, I guess, a normal status quo kind of media company, a big media company. And I didn't ever want that. But because our team was split from Dallas, Los Angeles, I think we had people at one time in Chicago, Washington, and New York. I didn't know who really got the vision and who didn't. Mm. Who'd got it and who didn't.
0: It was almost two years ago. He's literally in a radio set that is a mock-up of the Oval Office. And this isn't the only mock-up of the White House they have.
8: When we had a museum here at the studios in Dallas, and we invited you to come and just see the museum... And I bet there were 10,000 people here that came through the... and, And I loved it. And everybody kept telling me, go home, go home, go home. And I wouldn't go home. None of us did. Nobody on this show went home. We were there and we spent that whole weekend with you because we love you. Oh. We love you. Oh, okay. Me? But I noticed one thing about my company. What? Not one single person from the management team actually showed up that entire weekend. The team you hired? And I realized... They didn't love the audience like I did. They weren't connecting to the message like you did and I did. I'm not sure they were part of the culture or the principles. And I knew I had to get a hold of my company again. And that would mean making really hard choices. First one was, are you going to stick to your principles? You're going to be honest with yourself, stand for what you believe in. Or are you going to give in to the status quo and go along to get along? Because these people were my friends. They were my partners. And I don't know, at the time I thought maybe they're right. But I knew they weren't in my gut. And my gut and my spirit said, stick by what you know. Even if it's hard and even in the end if you lose. And I had to start firing people. Mm. People that I counted as my friends, best friends, partners. And the process that I began was the hardest process of my life, almost as hard as picking myself up off that carpet when I was facing suicide, that carpet that smelled like soup. But this time I had something I didn't have before. I had you. Mm. I knew you existed. I knew that you believed in the same principles I believe and that we though know, that I had made a promise to you.
0: You know, as a content creator, some of this resonates with me. But the problem is, is I wouldn't need to be reading it from a script like he is. And so for those of you that are just listening, he has a script printed out that he's written. It seems like if this is genuinely true. You wouldn't need a script. Not for an experienced host like he is. Our lives, our fortunes, and our
8: sacred honor. And so I kept going. This has been a really hard five years for me, but the last 18 months have been unbelievable. One thing I had to do was get everyone in my house under one roof so I could look everyone in the eye. Culture matters at a company. I stopped telling you about the things that were coming on the blaze. It's called the Phoenix Project. We've been working on it now for about nine months. I tell haven't you talked to you about it, nor will I, until we launch it. I'm tired of telling you the things that I think are, we're going to do.
0: Other than what I just told you.
8: I bet you are too. We're just going to do them. Because I failed you too many times. The reason the articles, like the one that came out yesterday, are coming out, part of it is political. Part of it is because Frank Sinatra was right. Some people get a kick out of stomping on your dreams. They really do. Some is, I guess, it's news when somebody loses their job. Unfortunately... My media company isn't the only place in America laying people off.
0: Oh, well, then. I think uh, Beck's media company is suffering from how closely he has tied himself to the Cruz campaign. I think it's pretty obvious, actually. People are sort of bailing. So let's bounce back. We've been bouncing around. We've been playing ping pong with these clips. Let's bounce back to uh, Billery. And uh, what would Bill do if the dog
6: gets elected? Nancy Cordes is in Washington. She's covered the Democratic race for the past year. Nancy, good morning. Good morning. Well, one of the interesting things about Hillary Clinton is she suggested a role for her husband, uh, focusing on jobs.
18: That's right. A lot of people have wondered exactly what kind of role Bill Clinton would play in a Hillary Clinton administration. And she came right out with it in coal country yesterday. She said she would essentially make him a kind of job czar in communities that have lost a lot of jobs, say, in, in coal country or in manufacturing communities, and that she would put him to work figuring out how to revitalize those communities, a kind of domestic Marshall plan, if you will. Uh, And and you could say that that's a natural fit for him because he is still broadly popular in the Democratic Party and he is still, his presidency presidency at least, associated with job increases and wage increases. You know, she's taking some heat for some comments she made about the, the coal industry. She has since said it was a misstatement and she has apologized. Do you think that it's going to hurt her? Will it stick? Uh, She is acknowledging, Gail, uh, head on that it is hurting her. And she said that uh, she actually got uh, uh, some suggestions that she should just basically skip coal country and move on to California because the damage has been done. But she said uh, she felt really bad about the impression that she left. So she wanted to go there anyway uh, and and kind of make her case that she was never uh, claiming that she herself is going to put people out of business as president, but that uh, this is a dying industry and that uh, her administration would focus on how to help these people. What was fascinating watching her in that exchange with the coal miner yesterday, Uh, he basically wasn't buying it and, in fact, turned to Senator Joe Manchin, the West Virginia senator, at one point and said, your support of her is hurting you. Uh Uh, So uh, that just shows the kind of work that she needs to do there.
15: All right. Thank you very much.
0: So there's your dog update. And if uh, Bill got in there, he'd be in charge of gerbs. He'd be in charge of gerbs. Now, uh, Trump's been looking at the uh, playing field. You know what? Kasich, not a bad guy, he says. As we're speaking, I'm very
19: happy that uh, Ted Cruz has dropped out. CNN has confirmed John Kasich, the Ohio governor, he's dropping out as well. You're the only one left right now.
21: Uh, That's good. That's good. You're just telling me this for the first time about John, and that's good. I think John's doing the right thing. Ohio, you know, is an important—
0: So that uh, (laughs) is—if that's to believe, that's that's Donald Trump's poker face right there. He just found out— that he, that's good. You're just telling me this for the first time. He just, he's finding out for the first time that John Kasich pulled out, leaving him as the only nominee. And he's like, oh, that's good. He's good. You know what? That's a hell of a poker face. The Ohio
21: governor, he's dropping out as well. You're the only one left right now. Uh, that's good. That's good. You're just telling me this for the first time about John, and that's good. I'm, I think John's doing the right thing. Ohio, you know, is an important state. No Republican has ever been
19: elected president of the United States uh, without winning Ohio.
21: Well, I think John will be very—I've had a good relationship with John. He's got a lot of government experience in the Congress as a governor. I think John will be very helpful with Ohio, even as governor. He says he doesn't want to be a vice president. Well, that could be. I mean, he said that. I've heard Would he be someone you'd be interested in vetting? Yeah. I would be interested in vetting John. I like John. I've had a good relationship with him.
0: Ben Carson is in charge of vetting Trump's VP candidate.
21: John, I've gotten along with him well. But John, whether he's vice president or not, I think he'll be very, very helpful with Ohio. Do
19: you think the general election campaign has already started, you versus Hillary Clinton, that for all practical
21: purposes, Bernie Sanders is out? Well, I think what has happened, it has been a little flip, and I'm even surprised by it. I thought that I'd be going longer, and she'd be going shorter. She can't put it away. That's like a football team. They can't get the ball over the line. I put it away. She can't put it away. So I thought that I'd be out there, and she'd be campaigning against me. I didn't realize. So, yeah, I'll be campaigning against her while she's campaigning. So
19: the general election campaign, from
21: your perspective, starts today. Essentially, it started. I mean, yeah. Whoa!
0: There you go. Essentially, you know, yeah, it started. Hmm. Hmm. All right. What do you say? Should we move on from 2016 for a bit? You want to shake it off? (laughs) Why don't we uh, go back in time? 1987, I believe. May 1st.
16: An echo of emptiness in a city that once housed 50,000 people. If you want to get a feeling for what the neutron bomb might do, come to Pripyat. Until April 26th last year, this was a city of 50,000. The residents were workers at the Chernobyl Atomic Power Station and Chernobyl. Their families. Then, after reactor four at Chernobyl blew up and burned, Pripyat was evacuated in three hours. Clothes were left hanging to dry. They are rotting, as is the Soviet flag hung to celebrate May Day a year ago. Windows were left open. Apartments are now exposed to the weather. Stores are empty. Except for the water trucks that spray to keep radioactive dust down, so are the streets. An automated radiation monitor stands guard in this wasteland. They say that the neutron bomb only kills people, leaving structures undamaged. Chernobyl made the buildings of Pripyat unusable for years, perhaps forever. And they were splitting atoms for peace here, not war. Now only cleanup workers and the people who run what is left of the Chernobyl plant get into the area. They live in a special temporary settlement called Green Cape, well away from the plant. The refugees are settled in newly built villages such as this one, Nibrat, the name means not my brother, over a hundred miles away. A whole collective farm has been resettled here. The houses are sparkling. But the people want to go home.
15: We hope they'll do everything they can to get us home. We want to go home, the quicker the better.
16: Life goes on as it always did. Plant the potatoes, split the logs, finish the laundry. But it is not the same in Nibirat. The state does what it can to certify that food is radiation free. But frankly, not everyone cares. This lady's privately grown produce is not checked before it is sold in Kiev, not far away from the plant.
15: People have to eat. Yes,
16: they have to eat and they have to live. So while we can think about Chernobyl's lessons for the future, those most affected are concerned only
0: about today. Stuart Laurie, CNN Chernobyl. So that was May 1st, 1987 little uh time travel for you there in the unfiltered time. did you know we could time travel yeah back to our time machine it runs linux speaking of disasters why don't we just really quickly give a mention to uh, what's going on up in alberta and
9: the update from this morning uh it's not good uh you know uh, not yet a worst case scenario but very close uh we do know that there's one entire residential neighborhood of this city that is 80 percent gone um destroyed by fire. Uh, and that's just one. We, we have a list of about 12 different areas of the city, uh, 10 to 12 areas, all sustaining some fire nice. damage, some of them minor, but many of them uh, significant damage. So fire officials don't have An estimate right now in terms of number. Uh, They tell us they're not busy counting right now. They're busy actually still fighting these fires. They're still very active in town and making sure that uh, people are getting out, that the evacuation is taking place. We can certainly see from here that it is taking place. Uh, So they don't have numbers, but we can certainly say that the damage when this is all said and done will be significant uh, quite likely among the worst natural disasters in this country's history.
0: Oh, that's awful. My thoughts are with the folks up there. But I have some family up there, so thinking about them. You heard about uh, Tubman getting replaced. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Maybe this might be this might be what we bring the overtime to a close on. This is great. There was a brawl that broke out. Let's see. I got two different clips on. Another news now too. Let's see. What I want that one or. Some quick I bet Fox, let's see. Let's see how Fox and friends
7: Headlines this. caught on camera. Look at this. Real life political punches. The gloves were off in Turkey <coughs> as Parliament there brawled over proposed changes to the country's constitution. You can see members launching themselves over the tables while others were throwing punches and even throwing water.
0: You know what? They know how to party over there in Turkey. No wonder why we could corrupt those guys. <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right. Thank you very much, Unfiltered supporters, for bringing the overtime to everybody. You can support our efforts at patreon.com slash I hope you enjoyed the entire episode. Unfiltered.reddit.com for feedback, comment, titles anything like that video clips anything you want to help get into the show you can do it there thanks for joining us guys see you back here next week
3: the united states will make a mistake we're honest about it we own up to it
1: get it out of here